0: Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I want you to
1: feel welcome and at home. And I want to quickly go over, we're in a study called DIY. Can anybody tell me what those letters represent? Do-it-yourself, that's become the catchphrase, or do-it-yourself TV shows, and you can find anything on Google or or on the internet to try to do something yourself, And, and I want to quickly go over our five guidelines that we mentioned at the very start of this a couple of weeks ago to help us with our DIY mentality, because a lot of people struggle with that, and so five very quick things. Number one, for our purposes, we again are encouraging everyone to DIY together. So if you could write that down somewhere I know there's not a lot of room on the outline but just write it somewhere DIY together because the whole of Christianity of following Jesus Christ of belonging to his family is not that we're out there being a lone ranger Christian no it's it's the fact that we are together as family turn to somebody beside you and say what's up cuz Get the the mentality, we are family. So, secondly, also understand that there has to be a desire to do this. Now, we're talking about growing in Christ. We're talking about developing, becoming strong believers, men and women of God who aren't afraid, who aren't timid, but we're ready to step out and do all the things and mostly be all the things that God created us to be. So, you've got to have that want to inside of you. Just like you want to eat lunch today, right? How many of you here want to eat lunch today? Let me see a show of hands across the room. That's about 110%. So you want to eat lunch. You want to grow in God. You want to become strong and mature. Thirdly on this DIY encouragement is you have to have some confidence and a spirit of adventure. Some of you are kind of timid. Some of you are kind of backwards by nature. And I understand that. But, man, when you're going to rip into something and learn how to do it yourself, you just got to get in there and get your hands dirty. Don't worry about tearing something up. Don't worry about getting it all messed up and stuff. Get in there and learn the pride. Get in there and get muddy and, and bloody and, and, and to go through all the stuff you have to, to to learn to do something, to grow. And then, fourthly, don't be afraid to mess up. How many of you, by show of hands, have, have let that hold you back in some way, shape, or form in your life before? You're afraid you're going to mess up something. You're afraid, not that you're just going to mess up something that might have been expensive that you're trying to repair or, or trying to make happen, but, but you, and, and a lot of people deal with this aspect of it, I'm afraid I'm going to mess up and, and I'm going to be all embarrassed. People are going to think, man, what an idiot. They can't even do that. Hey, it's okay. You know why? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what people think, right? All that matters is what he says and what he thinks about us. And guess what? He's crazy in love with us. Amen? Turn to somebody and say, he loves you that much. So don't be afraid to mess up. And then fifth, the the, the final thing I just want to share with you very quickly is don't hesitate to ask for help. How many of you have ever been in the middle of thinking, man, I'm going to rip this apart. I'm going to try to figure this out. And you're like, I don't have a clue what I'm doing, but I can Google it, right? I can go to YouTube, right? I can check it out. Somebody somewhere has made a video about how this thing should be done. And I can find it at the touch of a button usually and, and figure it out and help me get through this. So Hey, I'm telling you, man, you got people who love you in Jesus Christ right here at Connections Church. Did you know that? If you didn't, I'm telling you that right now. And we are here to help each other because the truth is, you got some stuff I don't have, maybe. I got some stuff you don't have, but together, we got a lot of stuff, right? Together, we can work this thing out. We can help one another. So, five quick encouragements, man. Today, we have landed on the subject of giving. Two people are excited. And I know what's going through your minds. So all of you that are visiting with us today, got people being baptized. You're like, oh, great. Some of you haven't been in church in 15 years. You're thinking, yep, this is it. This is why right here. I knew it. But I'm going to tell you, you track back through our studies and our series and you'll find out we don't hit on this very often. So you're here on a good day. Don't close me out right now I know this subject makes a lot of people nervous makes a lot of people mad because it has caused a lot of problems through the years in churches however don't you love that word (laughs) because you can transition into the main statement I want everyone to know very clearly that this is one of the most important subjects in our entire lives and that God truly wants us to get this attribute rock solid in our lives for sure he spoke more about giving in his word to us than any other subject you ever heard that before even the subject of love. Oh, wow. So, I also want to preface this today by saying that a lot of times when churches talk about giving, when preachers get up and talk about giving, it's usually maybe too often for the reason that the church is struggling financially. We, we got to do something. So the, the, the deacons get together. We don't have deacons here, by the way. Or the board gets together. The council is like, we got to do something. Preacher, you got to preach on giving we got to get them offerings up. we got to get some help. Man, we're struggling. We're not. Amen? Amen. I want you to know that up front. We're not struggling. As a matter of fact, in 10 years, look at all that God has done for this body of believers. Why? Because we've had so many to get it in the area of giving. And every single week, every single month, they just give. They just give. They just give. But we want to know exactly everything God has to say on this all-important subject. So that's why we're talking about it again today. Man, we even got to pave our parking lot this last week. We've been trying to do it for six months. The weather's been terrible, but the crew's been behind. But they got it this week. We paid them a check of cash, just paid for it. I mean, we had it because you guys are faithful, so we're not struggling. Now, I know some of you rolled up on the property day and said, huh, they didn't pave the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, you go straight out this door right there, dude, there's a big old rectangle of steel Gravel. Poor church. They ain't got the money to pave their whole parking lot. I feel sorry for them. No, 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 no. Guess what? Guess what God's going to do at that rectangle? He's going to put us a sanctuary right there. So there was no need to put asphalt where concrete pads are going to go, and we're going to have our worship center there, and we're going to have this activity center here, and we're going to expand God's kingdom by reaching more and more people. That's why it's still like that. So don't go thinking. That poor group over here at Connections Church, hey, I get a collection going for them to finish out their parking lot, bless their hearts. So to please understand where I'm at. And I'm not saying that we cannot use more funds to continue to expand and grow the mission and vision of this body of believers, both locally and around the world. But what I'm saying to you today is we're not talking about giving to get you to hand more money out of your pocket into this church. We're talking about this because we believe that that is who God is, and we've got to get this right. That's who He created us to be, as givers. I mean, you think about everything You created. Look, look, at me for a moment. Don't lose me here. Don't start drifting to where you're going to eat lunch or anything. Right, right yet. You think about the sun that shines above us in the sky, and boy, it's been shining pretty intense here last week or so. How many of you enjoyed these 90 and degree temperatures? The sun provides heat and warmth. It provides growth. It provides this thing called what, vitamin C and, and all that good stuff that we need. What about the moon? It provides light by night. What about those delicious cows? I mean, those wonderful cows that, that graze on the hillside. They provide food, and, 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 and the ground, it grows corn. How many of you are ready for that summer corn? And even more so, how many you ready for those good old summer tomatoes? Or as we like to say around here in the south, the maters is coming soon. A little bit of Duke's mayonnaise on there, some salt and pepper. What you talking about? Can have me one right now. Anybody got some on? Oh, okay. All of those things do what? They give to us, right? They provide something for us. And man, I'm telling you, that's what life is all about. We are God's prized creation. So does it not make sense that he created us in his image and likeness, as he says in Genesis, so that we could also give? And we're not just talking about the dollars and cents. We're talking about every aspect of our lives, which you're going to hear just a little bit more about. Shortly, but God created us to do that. So we've got to get that right. I want to kind of jump into the Bible here in Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, where Paul gives us a beautiful, beautiful account of this small, struggling church. And he's sharing with the church, the big church there in Corinth. And and in chapter 8, verse 1, he says, I want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty. Get a hold of that. These these folks did not have a whole lot of stuff. But that has overflowed in a wealth. you got poverty on one hand, but somehow they're generating a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. Begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief offering for the saints. and. This not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us accordingly. We urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel, excel in everything, it's easy for me to say, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in all earnestness, and in your love for each other, see that you also excel in this act of grace Of giving also. Man, I'm telling you, Paul is spotlighting this struggling group of believers in Macedonia and he's saying, Man, these guys get it. He's not saying they have wealth, they have abundance, they have money like you wouldn't believe, so it's easy for them to give. No, instead, he said, Out of their extreme poverty, they gave more than anybody else could even imagine. Or think of. What a wonderful thing. I'm going to tell you something. Greed is a powerful enemy. Would you write that down somewhere? Because I don't want you to ever forget that. I don't want to ever forget that. When greed grips a life, listen to me, church. It chokes the life out of us. It literally does. It just destroys the life. Anything of life that's in us, it it just chokes it out. That's what greed does. But giving brings life. Just for a moment before my my buddy Joe comes up here, I want to give you three quick pictures of giving as as we jump into the rest of this. The first one I just read about from Paul's writings to the Corinthians about the amazing generosity of the financially struggling, struggling Macedonians. And the whole key to their crazy generosity is that the Macedonians gave themselves first and foremost to God completely that's where the battle's won right there church take a look at me right now the whole battle of giving in our lives and it's a battle how many of you understand what i'm talking about because there's something inside of you that wants to give you want to be a generous person you want to live in that that way and just just let it flow through you and not damn it up and hold it for yourself and clutch and grab and, and grip it and keep it and you you just want to be that person but something inside of you that old sinful nature wants to wants to do that and not let it flow through But they discovered the key. And the key is in full surrender to Christ. It's in saying, God, you have my everything. You have my all in all. I hold nothing back. Listen to me, church. That's the decision that we have to make as well. And I ask you that right now. Does God have all of you? I mean, you might have have made some decisions long ago and said, God, you can have this part. You can have that part. You can have this area, that area. But look at me. Nothing short of everything will do. It's got to be all or nothing. We we can't halfway live for God. We can't halfway surrender ourselves. We can't halfway lay ourselves on the altar. As Paul talked about in another one of his passages. No, we've got to fully climb on the altar of God as a living what? Sacrifice. Nothing held back. I'm not keeping my foot off the altar and, and saying, okay, I'm going to keep this part of me. And everything else I'm going to put on the altar. No, i got to go all in. Woo! I'm glad it's just a foot. All in. Because that's exactly what this church in Macedonia did. They said, it it doesn't belong to us. It's God's. So we joyfully and freely and generously give it back. And the second picture I want you to take a look at is found three different places in, in the Gospels. Matthew chapter 19, Mark chapter 10, Luke chapter 18. Many of you probably heard this in Sunday school. If you didn't, go back and read these later today. It's about a rich young man who came to Jesus He came, notice first of all, he came to Jesus, and he said, Master, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I've done all these good things, and and, and I've accomplished all this in my life, but but I want to know, is there anything else? And Jesus looked at him, and hear this right now, don't miss this. Jesus looked at him and said, these direct words, you've done great with everything else. There's only one thing you lack. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. How many of you know the rest of the story? The Bible tells us that he turned and walked away very sad. And the Bible puts it like this because he had great riches. The better way to state that is great riches had him. So we've got to question ourselves. Does something have us? Are we in the grips of greed in our life in some way, shape, or form? Does something own us, control us other than our great God? You see, because when you're fully abandoned and fully surrendered, when you're like the Macedonians, you're going to just drop it all and say, Jesus, nothing compares to following you. Nothing compares to being with you. Nothing compares to pleasing you in our lives. And then the third picture I want to point you to before Joseph steps up here is simply this. It's a picture of us. Stop for a moment. Take that snapshot of yourself, that Selfie, I didn't really take one. I've got something pulled up. I don't know what it is. But what does that look like in the area of giving? In your life, because we, we talked about a, a church here that just gave selflessly over and above and just beyond what, what anyone could even fathom. That's why Paul wrote about it, and they just, they just gave and gave and gave. And then we talked about a young man who said, I've done all these good things, and I've, I've got all these right, so, so what, what, what else do I need to do? And he told him the one thing is, is sell it all, get rid of it. And see, here's the key that he didn't realize, that you cannot outgive God. If he would have sold everything he had, given everything away, even down to his last pair of sandals. How many of you like rocking sandals in the summer? I don't. But that's what the the, the dress code was back then. They had robes and sandals. Now, a robe I think I could get into, kind of loose, free-flowing, you know, it doesn't bind you. But that's a whole other subject. But he wouldn't give it away. He would not surrender it. And then we come back to us. Where do we struggle when it comes to the subject of giving, and what do we do to overcome and find victory in those struggles, and Joseph's going to come and share with us a little bit about, about this more, and, and would you just open, open your hearts and hear what God speaks through, through Joe today?
2: So, how's everybody doing? That was just half of you. There's about 235 people in there. How's everybody doing? All right. As Pastor Robert was saying, uh, the church in, that Paul was talking about, they gave. I wasn't going there, but I'm going to go there for a second. They gave. They gave and they gave. They had a heart to give. The young ruler, where's his heart at? It, it all starts with the heart. In your outline, uh, number one there is, is a blank. It says, blank is a giver. If you're going to take notes, jot that down as God. God is a giver. From the beginning of time, from Genesis, he gave. That's his starting thing was he formed this earth and he gave it life. He formed Adam and he breathed into his nostrils. He gave him a breath of life. To that day, we still breathe that breath. Now, whether you want to believe it or not, we'd well, say that was a long time ago. God doesn't change. He still gives. That's what he, it's a, a perpetual act that he does. And I wrote down perpetual. The meaning of that is never ending, never changing, occurring repeatedly so frequently as to seem endless. So his gifts are perpetual. They, may, they seem endless because they just keep coming. Have you ever been in a situation where just you felt like I don't know, you just nothing was working, and you just give something over to God, and it's like God, I can't take this. I've got to give it to you. And have you ever felt like when you got yourself as so they say on the right path, that everything just fell into place, and and something good started happening, and something else good started happening, and it just kept coming. Has anyone ever been that way? Am I talking to myself? Is there anybody? Anybody? You guys are quiet today, but that's, that's okay. Uh, it's who he is. And we are most like God when we give. God made us in his image. He said that in Genesis. Let us make man in our image. He has an image to give. He has a heart to give. He has a desire to give. What more would he not give us? I mean, God is, is, he has so many riches, and I'm not, just talking, about, uh, I'm not talking about money. Uh, I'm talking about riches as in health, as in life, as in you walk outside and you see a beautiful day. Everything comes from God. Nothing that we do comes from ourselves. No accomplishment that I've ever obtained, and though I have a few, they, I couldn't do it without God not without him giving me a peace of mind, without him giving me a breath to breathe. Nothing that you do, nothing that you will ever do, you cannot do on your own. Everything comes from the Lord. Giving, uh, it doesn't come natural for everybody. I like ice cream. I like chocolate chip cookies. And my little daughter, she's raising her hand. Every once in a while, she'll come over to me with those big eyes, and she'll look at me, Daddy, can I have a piece? And it takes everything I've got inside of me because it's my last piece. And she's waiting until my last piece to come and ask for some. I want to eat it so bad. Like, this is my chocolate. I, I enjoy chocolate. But something about that little girl that I just can't, I can't say no to sometimes so it doesn't come easily for us to, to give. Uh, as Pastor Rob was talking, it doesn't come easy for us. to. Sometimes we want to hold on to things. Sometimes we want to hold on to our situations. We don't want to give it over to God. Sometimes it's money. We want to hold on to it. We don't want to give it to God. But what we don't realize is if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have that. There's a small account in um, I think it's Matthew, I'm sorry, John. Small account and John, I'm gonna share it with you real quick. Uh, it's when Jesus was being anointed by the lady who had the oil. Does anybody know the story? See anybody? It's okay, that's fine. They were in a, a, a situation, they were in a setting where Jesus was ministering to his people, and this woman came and she gave him an offering, and she had anointed his feet. With an oil. And back then, I'm, I'm guessing that, and the Bible said it was like a week's wages. Some people may call that radical. I think I heard Pastor Scott use the word radical last week. That was a radical offering. Can you imagine going to work Monday through Friday, get your paycheck on Friday, and just giving it as an offering to God? We can't imagine that right now in this day and time. But what you don't realize in just a chapter over, she saw God wake up her dead brother. So she saw God do something that not everybody can do. She saw God work on her behalf, on her family's behalf. She saw God do a miracle so great. She's like, what else can I give him? What more can I do? I'm going to give him all I have because he just gave life to my brother which is lazarus if you know the story she gave it all a radical offering a a just i'm giving all i'm as he pastor Robert, said she just gave it all she jumped right in now the point i want to get to about the it's not so natural to give judas was there everybody knows judas he was the, I guess you would say, the accountant, or he was the money man. He was carried a bag for Jesus' ministry. And he was like, why is she giving this oil? We could have sold it. We could have made money. We could have given it to the poor. But the Bible says there it wasn't about giving to the poor. He just didn't want the, money, the oil to be spent. He had a problem with giving. And we know that throughout the story and what he does to Jesus he wanted to hold on to that little bit. He didn't want to sell it and give it to the poor. The Bible says that he, he used that money for what he wanted to. So not everybody has that natural gift. I, 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 it's a natural gift to give. I have a brother-in-law. His name is, he's not here today, but his name is Joe. There must be something good with a guy it's named Joe. I don't know. But he is the, the one of the most Blessed men that I know, and I say that because he has a revolving door. Anything he gets, he turns around and gives it out. It is—it's a phenomenon. It's—it's it's great to see and to see God work in his life. You know, we'll see him, and he'll—he'll he'll come and shake your hand. Here, shake my hand real quick. Here, just shake your hand, and boom! Right there is a—it's an offering. I don't ask for it. I don't necessarily need it but he'll give me a piece of money just for whatever reason he gets furniture he he just gives it to the poor he gives it to the needy he has a revolving door and that's what we should have in our lives as revolving door god gives us something and we give it out it's a gift he gives us and we give and he keeps replenishing us so what more should we what more should i ask for then to be able to be in a situation in a position to give back what God has given me when we start to give in that, in that manner we take on a new nature we take on a nature of God because God's a giver then we should be a giver and we take that on and, and it's just a continuing motion of God giving we're giving and it's not all about money would everybody agree? So a tithe is is what the, the law back in Leviticus God established A tithe a tenth. It's not all about money. We're not we're not like Pastor Robert said, we're not asking for your money. We're not we're just asking you to be a servant of God and be willing to give your time, your talents, and your treasures. Look around you. This is sanctuary was set up when you came things were set up when you came, things in the back, the guys in the back, all that, they use their time and talent, the praise and worship, they use their time and talent to give back to God. It's not all about just, uh, it's not all about your riches. Just sit there for a moment and think, what can I give God that I haven't been giving him? What can I do for God that I haven't done for him? Can I, can I volunteer to be a an, Usher, can I help out in the park? You know what, I'm, I'm sorry to bring this up, but I love to see Big John when I come in a Sunday and he's out there handing the bulletins out. It does something to my heart. I don't know if his wife makes him do it. I don't know if he lost a bet, but he is serving just that little bit. And Zach was the same thing today. These young men out there giving something back to God. They're not always just takers. They just don't take, 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 gimme, 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 gimme. They're willing to say, okay, I can do this much to give back. I can do this to give. I can can stack chairs. Where's Jock at? Chair stacking committee. He's outside. It's just an inside joke. But sometimes things need to be done. We can't reply or worry about things. We just can't think that it's going to happen just offer yourself a little bit be willing to give back as second corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 says god loves a cheerful giver a cheerful giver if you can't give in a cheerful heart in a right manner my grandfather told me this a long time ago. Then don't give it all. And that makes me say, well, well, don't give. If you're not going to do it for the right reasons, why are you doing it? Are you doing it for somebody to see you? Are you doing it because you got a good voice? Are you doing it because what? Why are you doing it? If you're not doing it for the right reasons to honor God, which everything we do should honor God, it goes back to honoring God because he gave us this life, so we give it back to him. We honor God in the things that we do. Be a cheerful giver. Be, be excited. Be excited to come to the church on Sunday. It's not a requirement, but we come in, and we come in with a cheerful heart, and we come in enthusiastic and, and ready to see what God is going to do. God has been good to us. Why can't we give it back? Lastly, as he said, you know, oftentimes, when someone hears a message or a title on giving, preachers have misu- or abused and misused this area more than anything else. You know, when I was growing up, I hear about the, the old preacher TV evangelist that got in trouble. And seems like you always, there's something with money. It starts out in in the right way, but there's greed that follows, and you get a little bit too much of it, and and it comes to your head. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. I want to say that. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with God blessing you. But have the right mind. Have the right heart to give it back to God. Because again, nothing that you've done, nothing you'll ever do, you could have done on your own. So in this time, be a cheerful giver. Give something today as you're out and about. Just just give someone something special, whether it's a smile. If you're walking around with a sour puss face on the whole time, smile every once in a while. It's good for you. It is. A laughter is good for you. A thank you is good. It goes a long way. Give something back to somebody today, and watch your life. It starts to change. When you're able to release that and just start being a giver instead of a taker, then you'll be amazed at the change and the transformation your life will take. Thank you.
1: That's exactly right. As a couple, part of our church was telling me, their, their community pool, they um, they fix a meal, and uh, she gives out teddy bears to the kids, and and uh, they they bring ice cream and, and homemade peach cobbler. And I got the address, by the way, of, of where that pool is, so we can all go by there and enjoy. But, but they said, you're, it's amazing how many doors of, of just life and conversation and blessing that opens. So, so all these things are good. All these things are necessary, and God calls us To be givers, to be cheerful givers, to be generous givers. So so the big question is, how do we get there if we do struggle? And I just want to finish up in the next couple of minutes by giving you some things there on the bottom of your outline to to help us get there. And first and foremost, as in everything, is pray. Pray, 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 and ask God to help you have his heart. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Ask not. And he's not talking about, yeah, God, I want a Ferrari, man. I'd love to be like Thomas Magnum back in the day and driving that thing around Belmont and showing out and stuff. No, we're not talking about that kind of asking for frivolous stuff. We're talking about, God, I need your heart in me. Give me your heart to see people as you see people, to love them as you love them, and to give as you give. So, so pray and, and seek God, and then and then take the plunge. Just start giving. Make it a discipline in your life, and I guarantee you that it will turn into a delight. Amen? You will find yourself, man, just looking for opportunities to give, just looking for ways to serve and bless and love and and do all the things that God loves to do and, and, and blesses us with. And then it's the only place that God says for us to test him. So here's a good recommendation. Do it. Test God and see. And you might say, where's that found out? Malachi chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, where the Lord says for us to bring the whole tithe of our lives to the storehouse and to test me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Man, that's a promise. And how many of you know that God is not a man that he would lie? He always keeps his promises, right? Tell somebody near you, God will do it if we... Are obedient. Go ahead and share that with them. Listen to that language. Test me in this. But that's some strong stuff. And see if I will not open up the windows of heaven. People look at some people and say, Man, how are they blessed? How do they keep getting how is this? How does this just keep happening to them? I almost guarantee you, those people are givers. Those people are generous. Those people just live to give. Write that down somewhere. We've got to get to the point that we live. To give. And folks, I can testify of this in my life. God is faithful, and I guarantee you, as much as you want to try to outgive Him, you cannot do it. He will bless you over and over and over again. And then, lastly, break the grip of greed in your life by giving. Just like Joseph said about today, I was going to challenge you in the same way. Set some giving goals in your life this week, some tangible ways that you can go out and be a blessing and help and give of your time and your, your talent and your treasures and watch what God does through that and how addictive that becomes. You want to be strung out on something? Be strung out on giving. Be strung out on love. Be strung out on, on sharing God's blessings with other people around you. Be strung out on smiling and, and laughing and being full of joy as, as Pastor Joseph said, just be strung out on living for Jesus and shining his light bright. And I guarantee you this, I, you got my personal guarantee. You're like, well, that doesn't mean anything, but it just sounds good, right? My personal guarantee that if you step out and you begin to live this lifestyle with God's help, you're going to ask yourself, why did I not start this a long time ago? It will change your life and I guarantee you, it will change the lives of others around you. Would you close your eyes with me just for a moment? And listen, folks. Rewind, back up just a few moments where it all starts. Just what Paul identified in that Macedonian church. Those poor, poor people gave generously above and beyond. Because first and foremost, they had given themselves completely to God. So if you're in this room right now, or if you're outside of it listening via Facebook or any other venue at this moment that you're hearing this, and you haven't made that all important first give of surrendering your whole life to Jesus Christ, I want to ask you with your eyes closed, would you make that choice? right now in this holy moment would you just raise your hand and say pastor pray for me i give my whole self to jesus right now my whole self to christ my whole self to god i surrender all as the old song of the church proclaims would you just lift your hand right now and say don't forget me yes anybody else yes thank you ma'am yes anybody else just just raise your hand it's it's your day it's your moment thank you thank you anyone else yes sir i see your hand thank you anybody else Folks, God is in the life-changing business, and He will transform us from the inside out. Wherever you're at across this room, I just want you to reach over and grab the hand of who's beside you. If you have to move around just a little bit, do that. But we're going to pray together, and we get the joy and the honor and the privilege of celebrating baptism. For at least 10 candidates, you might say today, man, I, you know, I didn't know this was going on, but I showed up. God's doing something radical in my life, and, and I want to I show the change of God in me, and I want to be baptized. Man, we'll, we'll baptize you as well. So if you want to do that, you just, you just let me know and come on up. But right now, for those of you that raised your hands, and one more area I want to make a call for right now. Maybe you, you, you're surrendered to Christ, but the one area you've struggled in the most is Giving. That, that you want to give you, you you have that that in your mind in your heart but but something has has held you back that enemy of greed has won too many times but today you're saying you know what no more I believe with all my heart that God is going to break the grip of greed in my life and teach me how to be a giver as he is I know you've already grabbed hands with people but if if that's you would you just would you just look up here at me, eyeball to eyeball. I just want to see you, see your eyes for a moment. If you're in this room. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Yes. Anybody else struggle with that? Yes. Thank you. How about over here? All right. All right. I got you. I got you. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Terry, would you just come and, and pray over us today that the Lord would do a, a powerful work of change and transformation. And those who raise their hand to surrender to Christ. Just pray that that be be done today in them as well with me. Thank you.
0: God, as we we come before you in this place, we lock hands because we are all brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And as we we pray now, most importantly, for the salvation of our brothers and sisters to the left and to the right of us. God, I, I pray now for that one person who said I don't know you for that one person that says I want to give my life I urge you God I plead to you may they step out may they step out now in this place there's no time like the presence and what have we have learned from history are we, we are not guaranteed another day so it's is today your day God speak to him talk to them we'll baptize them today just as they are as we lock hands we are all going to have issues we're all going to have problems we're all going to have trials we're all going to have temptations and we're all going to have to fight them and overcome them and we can do it together with one another and with you Jesus We have this amazing opportunity to come before you each and every week. The opportunity that millions of men and women around the world do not have the opportunity to. We have the opportunity to praise you openly, in an open place, freely. We can praise you and speak of you and the things of your kingdom freely. And what do you ask of us? To draw closer to you. To give our lives physically, spiritually. God, we have an honor to baptize those this Sunday. And as those in the room begin to make their way and to prepare that and begin to to step forward to be baptized today, God, we pray for them. We pray over them that you may do a great, mighty work. God, thank you for all that you continue to do. And as we continue to praise you and worship you, may you receive all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you, Terry. And our candidates are now preparing to... um to go through the the act of baptism following an example of christ and uh, our pastoral team is getting ready to uh serve them in this way their names will uh be put up on the screens in here and we're going to worship god as they worship god by by being baptized and following that beautiful picture of what jesus gave us himself so thank you so much
0: Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.